Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Mothering is no easy task. It requires much of you and can often leave you feeling overworked, understaffed, and probably pulled at every angle. But couple that never-ending job of mothering with an introverted personality, a personality that craves alone time in quiet spaces, and you add an extra layer of guilt, frustration, maybe even overwhelm. Today, I've got September McCarthy with me, who's mentioned a number of times here on the podcast that she's a natural introvert. And with 10 kids, I'm not even sure how it's possible to refuel as an introvert, September. But we'll get into all of that in just a bit. The lovely Kate is not with us today, but as always, we're still a trio. I've asked my friend and fellow Jamie, Jamie C. Martin, to fill in and join us as we talk about how to introvert and still mother well. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with Jamie's work, she's an introverted mom of three who loves books, woohoo, tea, and people, but not always in that order. She's the co-founder and editor-in-chief of simplehomeschool.net, where she's been helping to encourage homeschooling mothers for nearly a decade. Several years ago, my kids and I used Jamie's book, Give Your Child the World, to help us travel around the globe right from our very own couch. And actually, if you've had a chance to read my book, Homeschool Bravely, you'll recognize Jamie's words of wisdom that I sprinkled here and there. Well, Jamie has a new book, which just released May 7th. It's called Introverted Mom, Your Guide to More Calm, Less Guilt, and Quiet Joy. And as I said, she's here to chat with us about the struggles and strengths of being an introverted mom, or maybe even a mom who doesn't feel quite wired for the task. Jamie, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you both. Well, first I want to start off by asking you, if you can just tell us the difference between being an introverted and an extroverted mom, because I've always kind of struggled with the definition because I'm not really sure which one I am, to be honest. Well, there are many definitions. That's probably what can make it seem challenging at times. A lot of it boils down to where you get your energy. So introverts will get their energy from time alone for the most part. And that means that if they're around people for a lot of the day, even people that they really enjoy and love, eventually they will begin to feel drained and they'll need to retreat alone in order to regain that energy. Extroverts would be the opposite. If they're in external social situations that they really enjoy, that time with people is actually going to fuel them and they'll be ready to go for more. So that's an that's probably one of the easiest gauges that you hear the most often. There are other signs and characteristics as well. So it could include something like introverts tend to be internal processors. That means that we tend to think through a lot of the thoughts in our head before speaking compared to what might be referred to as verbal processors who through the process of speaking and conversation, they begin to figure out what they think about something, what they mean about something. And it's actually the process 
of talking, which helps them figure it out. Other characteristics could include preferring to single task over multitask, sometimes needing less stimulation to function well, and giving their social energies to a smaller circle of people, and the tendency to also listen more than they speak. So those are just a few of the traits that introverts share. Okay, so I'm curious, September, does that sound like you? I feel like you're an internal processor, but I, I honestly don't know how you recharge with 10 kids. That is definitely me. I fit every chapter of Jamie's book. And honestly, even doing a podcast, Jamie, as you know, watching me record our podcast is a struggle for me because I need time to think about my questions and I can't like look at you. I feel like you're looking at me and I can't, I just shut, I shut down. So, you know, sometimes I have to figure out how to, how to do those things and prepare ahead. And, but with 10 kids, yes, it's a challenge. Um, I have to find time, pockets of time, um, and I've learned over, you know, being a mom of 27 years, I've finally figured it out. I think it took a long time to really identify what it was that was causing this great frustration outside of normal everyday mom frustration. And so, um, Jamie talks about all of those areas in her book, which I really like. She pin, she pinpoints those things and Jamie did a great job of that. Mm. Yeah, because as I was reading the book, I, I resonated with so many things, so many of the struggles in the book, although I don't consider myself an introvert. So it's interesting that you say that it's, it adds a, a layer of struggle. Um, so what are some of those specific struggles that introverted moms deal with, Jamie? And, and maybe give us some tips that you, you think um, can be beneficial for a mom who finds herself struggling. Yes, I think definitely the biggest struggle an introverted mom is going to deal with in motherhood is the burnout potential and exhaustion. So every mother faces that, extroverted or introverted, of course. Um, but for introverts, because people time actually drains us, then that the potential to burnout is so much higher. And Knowing that is a huge key to helping you be the best mom that you can be because you can just look at your schedule ahead of time and think about, okay, now that I know how I'm wired, like September said, now that she knows this about herself and finally figured out that, that a lot of the frustration, the extra levels of frustration might be coming from this issue, then you can start to put in pauses in your day decide to organize your day in a different way. So practically, I would just encourage that mom to look at her routine with her kids, depending on if she's a homeschool mom or just a mom of littles or her kids go to school, whatever your unique situation is. And I would encourage that mom to bring a 15 to 30 minute pause in her day around every one and a half to two hours. Of course, that depends on what you need most, and we're all different, even if we might be introverts, we're not all the same. And it also depends on what season of life you're in with your kids. So for me, as an example, I like to start my day with quiet if I can, and usually because I have teenagers now, I can. Then we might do the early part of our homeschool day, and after a couple of hours, I can leave my kids to go for a walk for 15 minutes, then I'll come back, 
enter the next block of time. Then I might sit in front of the fire and read a chapter of my book and so on and so on. So for me, I've found that that length of time, so trying to push past the two hour mark of really intense people time is where it really begins to be a warning sign for me and I can just feel myself really feeling drained. So for other moms, it could be less time or it could be more, but whatever it is for you, I think just knowing that you have permission to do that is going to make a big relief in the way that you approach your day and, and take off some of that guilt that we tend to carry on our shoulders, the pressure that we feel to be always on with our kids. Hmm. And I think it's, it's probably good to point out that if you are an extrovert or like myself who considers uh, myself an ambervert, I think I'm with people all day interacting because I homeschool, but it's a different kind of interaction um, that can kind of feel depleting no matter what your personality is. But I really like how your book makes kind of a clear distinction that introversion carries over into all of your relationships and activities, not just those that, not just the struggles that come with motherhood. Specifically, I was really intrigued by your take on introverts in the church you mentioned in your book, and I don't want to give it away for those who haven't read it, but you mentioned that the modern American church, as most of us know it, puts a really great value on perhaps extroversion, as if quiet, kind of steadfast Christianity is lesser than. I'd actually go so far and say that so many of the practices and programs that we have in our churches are designed with extroverts in mind. You know, if you, if you go to the pancake breakfast and, and you're staring across the table at six or seven other women that you're sort of charged with carrying on a conversation with, if that's not your natural bent, I'd say that's kind of a, nat a natural extrovert bent, but it's not for every mom. Would you agree? And if so, how can an introverted mom flourish and be used in the church? Yes, I definitely would agree. And actually, while you were saying that question, it brought back a story when I started going to the church that we go to now, which is a large church and we love it there, but they always do this women's breakfast at Christmas. And I, w I wanted to go and it was that situation where you show up and there's just large tables filled with women that you don't know at all. And so I figured it was going to be that way, and I arranged to take a buddy with me. So this is my tip for introverted moms, right? You want to take, to know that you have someone to go to those events with. So I arranged for, I invited my good friend Jill to come with me, even though she doesn't go to our church. And so she came, so we could sit together, and then we could meet other people, which was great and wonderful, and I love to meet new people. But we could also, if there wasn't anyone there, it wasn't awkward or feel like you're just sitting there all alone. So that would be one practical tip that I would give to introverts about going to church. I think it's good to remember that introverts really long for sanctuary in the true meaning of the word. And so there could be aspects of a traditional service, whatever that looks like at your denomination that feel a little unnatural if it is geared toward the more extroverted side, um, whether it's the type of music or the volume of music or the turn and greet one another type of 
interactions. Uh, but that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It's just good to be aware of those things and then you can figure out how to address them. Introverts might also feel closer to God when they're worshiping alone as opposed to when they're in a space surrounded by others. And our internal processing might even enable us to feel like we can keep an internal dialogue going with God throughout the day. That pray without ceasing idea that Paul talks about might come a little more naturally or easily to a, an introvert who's in a really healthy space. It's also good to keep in mind that introverts, those spontaneous prayer times or prayer circles or turn and get into a small group and pray spontaneously might feel really uncomfortable. And there are times when we do want to push ourselves to join into that type of activity and other times where we can just do what comes naturally, knowing that we do belong to Christ. He created us the way that we are and he created our personalities and he loves who we are and the way that we enjoy to worship is, is just as valid and valuable. And it's also good to keep in mind that introverts might gravitate toward a more quiet, liturgical style of service or denomination, and they might be drawn to that. And so that could be a really good fit for an introvert as well. September, do you have anything to add to that? I know you are... Um quite involved, heavily involved in your church. And so as an introvert, I just wonder how you feel about, you know, attending a, perhaps a women's event and you speak at all kinds of things. And I'm just wondering how that works when you um, are surrounded by all the, all of these women and just socially needing to have some quiet and some space in your worship. One of the things that I've discovered is that introverts should look for other introverts because you will notice them, you will recognize their internal struggle um, because you're feeling that also. And to actually approach them and begin a conversation with them because then it feels like just a one-on-one -on -one to them, just as if you would want someone to do that for you. It really is um, how I handle a large, we attend a large church um, now, very large. And I'm always before the meet and greet time, I'm always looking for that person that I can tell is just wants to be there. You know, that's our desire. We're there, but you're, they're feeling exactly what I feel. And I don't go to them for solidarity. I go to them so that they actually can engage in the conversation and have a one-on-one -on -one person. When I'm walking through the foyer, I look I don't necessarily think I'm going to look for the introverts, but I'm necessarily now training. I've trained myself like I'm drawn to those people because, you know, they're uncomfortable and they feel sometimes it's a misconception that um, they're left out or no one cares when really they just need the other people who are feeling the same way to reach out to them. And so for me, you know, when I attend church or go speaking, um, I've learned my boundaries um, and what I need to do to uh, recharge in big spaces. I go to the bathrooms that have the least lines, you know, so I don't have to talk to people while I'm waiting in line. Um, but there are times that I do go outside of myself, and I know Christ would want me to do that to make those other introverts feel welcome and included. Yeah, and that, that reminds me of something that Jamie had mentioned in her book about how um, reaching out beyond your, maybe your natural um, tendency would be to 
go inward and not extend that hand of in invitation to someone else. And that maybe you could, it would be easy to use that God-given wiredness that you have as an introvert and an internal processor as, as an excuse to always give a no to things. But um, she talks about how, you know, we're all called to reach out and, and um, extend community to others. It just might have to look a little bit different if you're an introvert. I know um, because I'm an ambivert, I too do not like those, you know, let's all get together and mingle over, you know, pieces of pie and coffee at this large event. And you don't know, you know, any of the people and you're just supposed to drum up a conversation. And what I usually find is helpful for me is that I volunteer to serve at that event. So I'm given a specific job to do. And with that job, it often comes with a little bit of natural chit chat that you have to do. You know, I'm the greeter at the door or the person who serves the pie. It just gives me maybe something to do with my awkward hands. And it gives me something to say, some talking points, which helps put me at ease. So I'm not standing there alone trying to figure out who to talk to in the group. Yes, that's a great idea. I, I have this tongue-in-cheek fun part in the book called 10 Ways to Avoid Awkward Church Greeting Times, and that is one of the suggestions I give, which is sign up for some kind of role that gives you something to do so that you're not just standing there during those times that can be painfully uncomfortable when you don't have something to do. Or like you said, an opportunity like that brings natural chit-chat, but it fits and you're not forced to just come up with it out of thin air. Right. But it's still giving you an opportunity to participate within your own boundaries and comfort zone. Exactly. Like that. So we recently talked about here on the podcast um, about success in light of women. And we specifically called it the girl power gospel and just this current cultural trend for women to reach for more or to do more, to be more. But I was really encouraged in your book when you talked about doing what's mine to do. And I've heard you say that before, and I've, I've read it on your blog. You're a really successful blogger, Jamie, and, and an author who's been featured in some of the top spots online and, and in print. But I know that you've also said no to quite a few things. And you allude in your book um, to the fact that your introversion is the, one of the key factors of your decision-making process. And I'm wondering if you can tell us about how your personality plays a role in maybe what you say yes to or no to in light of the fact that you're given lots of opportunities and asked to come and speak at different events and, and write for different um, organizations. Do you have any tools or tips that have helped you make some really tough decisions for yourself and your family as a mom? I do. One of the things that I've done a lot is just to ask myself, how is any opportunity going to affect me? And part of that is considering my personality as part of the equation, of course. And then how is it going to affect the family? And I do bring that up probably several times throughout the book, including the final chapter, which is about success. And so, for example, with a speaking opportunity, I might look to consider how is my personality going to be affected by speaking. So I know that even the best speaking engagement is going to drain me because it's going to be, it's going to involve being around people nonstop for whatever period of time, whether it's a day-long event, a weekend, 
And so that means I'm going to come home drained. And then when I get home, my family's going to need me and they need me to not be drained. <laughs> so that's very different from say someone who's, whose family's in a different life season, or maybe they have a different situation where the husband is home or has a flexible work schedule and can really fill in so that if an introverted mom was to come home from an opportunity like that, she would still be able to get the recharging time that she needed. Um, but for the reasons that I just outlined, that's why I haven't really taken on a lot of speaking engagements as of right now because our family, it just wouldn't work for us right now. I feel like that might change in the future, but for right now, and, and sometimes that's been hard because especially when you, I know you guys did an episode about comparison and especially when you're scrolling through Amazon and you see that so, someone is somewhere having an incredible opportunity. Meanwhile, you're, you know, sweeping the crumbs from the floor and you're like, no. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I like the idea of essentialism, which is only focusing on the things that are essential and that's a really popular concept right now. And the, the idea that if it isn't a definite yes, it's a definite no. And I extended that to for, for us to say, if it isn't a definite yes for me or anyone in my family, it's a definite no. Because I think that introverts might tend to feel a definite no toward a lot of things, even things that maybe God is nudging them to do. And so adding the whole concept of, if, is it a definite yes for someone else in my family? That also is, gives us that nudge out of our comfort zone when we need it. And also I've just noticed that when God wants me to do something, he change, changes my heart to make me want to do it or to at least enable me to understand, no, this really is the right thing to do, even if it's hard. And God isn't some taskmaster dragging us off, kicking and screaming to do the things that we absolutely abhor. He begins to work in us so that we want to do his will. And that's a really beautiful thing too, which, which does get us to say yes to things that we might otherwise say no to. Yeah. And, and what I'm hearing from you, the thing that you've said over and over again just now, and also probably my biggest takeaway from your book is the term, maybe not right now. You know, I think it's really easy for moms, especially young moms in certain seasons to think that if they don't say yes right now, they're going to miss out and the opportunity won't come by again. Um, but I think there's a lot of freedom in recognizing it's just a, a no for right now. In September, I know you took almost a year off of ministry of speaking and writing um, because you're kind of in a season where you needed a sabbatical in your life, maybe uh, some burnout was happening or just needing to step away for your own family's sake. Do you think your introversion played into that? Oh, definitely. And that's where you, Jamie, speak about in the book of learning that your boundaries. That, that year of my sabbatical was the year I realized that burnout kept happening to me every couple of years. And there must be a reason like, why does this keep happening? Like physically affected by it, 
but I would feel it in small pockets all the time. I just didn't identify it until I needed an entire year. And so when I picked up this book and read it, I was just like nodding my head through the whole book because if moms can hear this podcast or read this book, which I'm hoping everyone will go out and get a copy, extroverted or not, introverted or not, so that you can understand one another better. This is so vital to recognize you know, how you handle stress, how you handle situations, if you're an introvert or not, because you don't want to end up in having the need to take an entire year off of your life. If you can learn how to handle those daily pockets of stress that will, that could and potentially debilitate you, which is what happened. Now, an entire year later, I am, you know, able to see uh, when I accept a speaking engagement or when I walk into church or when I am asked to go to a social function, um, I have to make a decision and I'm able to make that through some of the same filters that uh, you mentioned in your book, Jamie. So I am just, I was so excited that someone finally wrote a book on this topic. I was just thrilled because, you know, there's a difference between being introverted and being an introverted mom. Um, this is like a dynamic. We can't walk away from our kids. We can't say, well, I don't want you anymore. I mean, we love them. We have to learn how to be that introverted mom. And so, uh, yeah, I was, I was excited to find this gem of a book for that very reason. But my year of a sabbatical taught me a lot of things that now I implement into my daily life. When I accept a speaking engagement, or I'm asked to go somewhere. I filter everything through the same things that you listed in your book, Jamie. I was a little nervous about starting your book, Jamie, to be honest, because I, I didn't believe I was an introverted mom, but I have introverted friends. And I'd actually go so far as to say, probably throughout the length of my life, my very best friends have always been introverts, including, including my husband. So I'm just, I'm curious to know if if that's kind of the same in, in your ladies' lives, you know, do you naturally gravitate maybe towards extroverts because somebody has to be the talker in the relationship? <laughs> I don't know. That's a really great question. I don't think I've thought of it like that. I think there is definitely something to the idea of opposites attract. So my husband is an extrovert, but I have to say that looking at the majority of my close friends, they are also introverts, really. And maybe that's because introverts tend to not really enjoy chit-chat or superficial conversation. They really want to go deep. And so when you find someone, like September was mentioning, even when she finds someone in the church service to do that with, in that small moment, you're still, you're trying to go as deep as you can within the context of that small moment. So I haven't found that my closest friends are extroverts. Not that I don't love extroverts, I do, but <laughs> that just doesn't seem to be who God's put in my life at the moment. I've discovered that outside of my friends, because honestly, as an introvert, I don't have a ton of friends. I have a lot of people that know me, but I don't have a lot of very, as an introvert, I call them intimate friends because um, it's just difficult for me to spend that much time outside of my comfort zone doing something. So I think over the years, the people that have stayed with me and understand this, those are the people I call my friends. I know a lot of people, I have a lot of acquaintances, but I do have a lot of extroverted children. And that's what I loved about, <laughs> <laughs> about this book is, uh, you know, it's really um, tricky to have extroverted children. And um, that exhausts me. And sometimes I can't escape from 
you know, I can't find those pockets of rest. I can't go for a walk and I can't sit down and read a book and I can't have that quiet time. Some days it does not, they, and you know, when my older kids come home and they want to talk, when they're coming up the steps to my bedroom and they want to talk to me, they're not thinking, I have an introverted mom. I should give her space. You know, they don't think that they just want to talk. They just want to be excited and have that energy. And so, um, I did enjoy this book for this other reason is that it helps you find the balance, even when you can't avoid the crowd or the energy. Um, but the big thing I did want to ask you, Jamie, is, um, you begin the book with the question, and I think a lot of women will associate this on page 25. You said, a lot of us as introverts ask ourselves, what is wrong with me? Like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I be a better mom to this child? Or why can't I be a better friend? Or why can't I go to the play group? Or, and I think, um, you know, as people that are, as we're talking about friendships and being a better mom, some women are probably thinking that. Yes, that has been a question that has just followed me throughout my whole life, but I didn't know why until I really began to dive deep into this issue of personality to understand that it isn't a weakness. There's nothing wrong with me. It's actually a strength, but only if I'm aware of it so that I can give myself what I need, knowing that when I have what I need, I'm going to be able to do everything that I'm called to do, doing those, doing what's mine to do, like Jamie was mentioning earlier. And so that's the game changer. I just, yesterday I wrote on Simple Homeschool a post about the introverted homeschool mom superpowers, those things that I feel like introverts bring to our families and homeschool if we are homeschoolers that just come naturally. So we, we don't even necessarily take we don't give ourselves credit for those things because we think, oh, they just come naturally. I didn't even have to work for that. But when you stop to think about it, they, they're incredible. And a mom even emailed me. I was so blessed to get that this morning. She said, I didn't realize that being willing to homeschool as an introvert made me brave, but you helped me to see that it did. And that's just, cause that sounds like your book, Jamie. Um, that just meant so much because I really do feel like we have such strengths to offer the gifts of quality, of connection, of depth, of grace. And when we're in a healthy place, that's what we can offer others. But when we're in an unhealthy place, we won't have those and we'll have the opposites of them, which are, is going to hurt the people that we care most about. So that's why it's, it's worth investing in ourselves because then that's how we can invest in others as well. I think that's so key for any mother, no matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert, to recognize that you know, I, I think of myself and, and I'm kind of a lot as a mom. I, my daughter is an introvert and, and I'm, I have a big personality for her and I can feel at times kind of guilty for that. You know, I come in with my jazz hands and my big clown shoes, making all kinds of racket and drawing attention to the group. Cause that's just my, I have a big personality and I can, I can really feel guilty about that and make myself feel bad. But in recognizing, Hey, I, I have, some strengths here that, you know, God put me in this family for a reason and gave me these kids for a purpose. 
and there's something about my big, you know, flashy personality that they need. And it's the same with an introverted mom, that there are definite strengths that your family needs that only you as an introverted mom can provide. I, that was another big takeaway from my, from the book, Jamie, that I, I, uh, really found value in. And, and the other thing that I think is important to note, even if you're not an introverted mom, I would highly recommend grabbing Jamie's book. Like I said, I'm not an introvert, so I was a little hesitant to read it. But because I have an introverted husband and three of my five kids would be more toward the introverted side of things, it gave me a lot of practical tools um, and tips for just learning how to love them well and, and recognizing no, they're not upset at me. They're not, you know, pulling away because they don't want to be with me. They just need time to regroup. It, it really helped me to understand the dynamics of our relationship so much more. And I'm wondering, Jamie, if you could just share maybe one or two tips for the mom who maybe isn't an introvert, but has introverted relationships that she'd really like to cultivate well. How can she do that um, with the introverts around her? Yes, and along the same lines here as what you're saying, Jamie, I think that even extroverted moms find them find that part of themselves so tapped out because it isn't necessarily the type of extroversion that really fuels extroverts' motherhood. So, for example, if you're with a screaming toddler all day, that's not going <laughs> right. to fuel an extrovert <laughs> just right. because you're with a person. So yes, I, I've been blessed to hear so many extroverts tell me that they really resonated with the book as well, which wasn't something I was expecting, but I just have loved hearing that. And you're right. I think that if you're an extrovert, then understanding your introverted friends is really going to help you best meet their needs. Some of the ways to do that might mean texting them instead of calling them, especially out of the blue, or you could arrange, text them to arrange a time when you're going to call them because we joke that an introvert with a ringing phone is a bit like someone jumping out of a closet and saying, boo. It's just very overstimulating to uh, suddenly get the, hear the phone ringing and you weren't prepared. And especially as a, as a mom, because I know for myself, just you've been maybe it's the afternoon and you've been with your kids all day, you've just reached the quiet part of your afternoon where they're having their afternoon quiet time or something, and then the phone rings. It's very jarring, but you feel pressured to answer it, especially if you know the person. So that could be one thing you could do. Um, it also might help, help you to know what type of events to invite them to. So an intimate dinner party with yourself and your husband and two or three other couples, that would be a great thing to invite them to, especially if those couples are people that they already know. But maybe a huge family reunion uh, with you and your extended family and you're inviting them because they live down the street and they don't know anyone else, that might just not be a good fit. But I, it's also really good to, to include them and let them make the decision. Right, because I have had times where I've, I've had someone tell me, oh, we had this great party, and, but we didn't invite you because we figured you wouldn't want to come. <laughs> and sometimes it was something I would have loved to come to. So it could be something like just saying, hey, no pressure at all, but we're having this gathering. 
here's who's going to be there. Introverts like being prepared ahead of time, so knowing the details about what's going to happen and when. And so you could just say, don't feel pressured at all if it won't work out, but if you, we'd love to have you if you want to be there. So just that type of gracious response. Um, and then when you spend time with them, it, you'll know that maybe they'd rather go to a quiet restaurant or cafe, not the place that plays live music every Thursday or something like that, right? Um, and of course, the, they will do those things for you too because it's give and take. So I was recently went out with a good friend of mine who is an extrovert and we went to go to a restaurant and it was five o'clock on a Saturday, which is super early. So we thought it would be really quiet. And we got there only to find out that because it was the day before St. Patrick's Day, they were having this huge like St. Patrick's Day festivities. And we sat at our little table of two, but there were literally maybe 25 to 50 people that came in the door and they were standing all around us by the bar area because it was a pub crawl. So they were going from like one place and then walking to the next place. And, <laughs> and it was so anti-Jamie for me. <laughs> but in that moment where I could feel myself, oh my gosh, this is so overstimulating. There's also music playing in the background. I'm trying to hear my friend, but I can hardly even hear her. And uh, at that time, I could just go, okay, this is really overstimulating, but it's also fun and crazy and really different. So I'm just going to lean into it. This is hysterical. It's going to make a great story later, and it will be a fun memory. And so just knowing myself and my personality enabled me to step out of that in that moment and just take it in, accept what was, and still enjoy the moment. And it was fun. Yeah. And really being able to befriend your friend well, knowing she might really love that kind of environment as an extrovert and being able to step <laughs> out of your natural bent. I, my very best friend is an introvert. And um, I think what you were saying about extending the invitation, I'm a natural party planner. I love having events at my house but she's an introvert and that really makes her nervous. And so she really picks and chooses which yes, she gives to me, but I know that about her because we've had these conversations. And so I don't take it as an affront. I don't get offended. I always give her the invitation because everyone wants to be included. Even if you say no, you want the invitation. So just having that open communication for her to feel okay about saying, you know, Jamie, I love you, but that you know that that's not really my my thing so i'm going to give it a pass but i hope you have a great time and i don't get offended because i know that's just not her thing and that's okay but i can extend the invitation anyway i think that's important just having that communication know the other person well right definitely so i want to know before we we close out the show today Jamie i want to know what is saving your motherhood today i was thinking about this earlier because it's definitely spring. Spring is saving my motherhood because we have had two days now where it's been 65 to 70 degrees, and this is in Connecticut, and we have still had a lot of days in the 50s, and so yesterday and today have been just, oh my gosh, everything feels easier. Everything feels possible, and everything feels lighter, and it's amazing what a difference spring makes. So are you guys having spring where you are? Same for me. Yeah, we're in um, 
upstate New York and same, we've just had a few days of spring and I just, I, I think I found myself saying to my husband on repeat, just in the last two days, I feel like there's hope. I feel like there's hope. Um, just cause it gives me a pot, like I, I can breathe, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's been great weather the last couple of days. Yeah. Same September. What's saving your motherhood today? Um, saving my motherhood today is, um, moments and pockets of time, just like this book. Like I have been very intentional today to give myself some pockets of time. In fact, in Jamie's book, she says on page 41, that time alone is our converter. And I, that's like my tagline. I just need a little time alone. I just need a little time alone. Like I know that about myself. So today I, um, took a few minutes here and a few minutes there, even if it's just like folding laundry, like in a quiet laundry room, that's, um, a conversion for me of, it gives me energy to walk back out into a space. So I've learned to convert the difficult things into something that can give me a little time alone. So that's what's saving me today. Well, I'm going to go on the practical side and say that magic erasers are saving my motherhood today. We just moved into a new house, a new to us house, and there's so many tasks that need to be done. And I'm, I'm bubbling over with overwhelm, but if I can just take a magic eraser and clean off one surface, I can say, Hey, I did that. It's done. And have one task checked off my, my list of to do's. And it just lifts my shoulders a little bit. So magic erasers are saving my motherhood today. Thank you so much for joining us, Jamie. I don't think your book is just for the introverted mom. I think it's for ambiverts and extroverts and all the moms. I really appreciate a peek inside the thought process of an introvert though. And, and you did that so well. Your book has really given me some tangible takeaways um, for a few of the most important relationships in my life, to be honest. I want you to tell everybody where they can find you and find out a little bit more about your book. Well, thank you so much for those kind words, Jamie. That really means a lot. And you can find the book landing page, which has everything from the book trailer to a quiz that you can take to figure out if you are an introverted or extroverted mom. You can read an excerpt and just find all the other details. And that's at jamiecmartin.com slash introvert. And the book, Introverted Mom, is really available anywhere that books are sold. And then this summer, very soon, around June 10th, I'm going to be kicking off a summer book club that I'm calling the Introverted Mom Summer Book Club. And it's going to involve a book club for moms to chat about my book in an online safe space for introverts. And um, then it will also include a summer book club for your kids where they're going to read their way around the world, which is something that I've run the past few years. So the idea is that you'll have something that will be keeping your kids busy that will hopefully help you carve out this margin of time so that you could do this other book club for yourself. And if anyone's interested in that, they can head to simplehomeschool.net slash book clubs and you'll see all the details about how to sign up for that there well that is awesome i hope some of you um, join jamie in that book club this summer thank you mamas for listening in if you're not already a subscriber of the podcast we'd encourage you to head on over to itunes or stitcher or spotify or wherever you usually listen and subscribe today 
And while you're there, give us a rating or a review. It, it takes just a couple minutes and it really helps us get the word out about the show and, and puts the podcast in front of new listeners who maybe need some encouragement in their day. And be sure to join us in the conversation over on Instagram. We'd love to know, are you an introvert? And if so, how have you learned to fill your days with more calm, less guilt, and quiet joy?